Amen. Notice in verse 7 of Galatians chapter 6, we see a passage right here that I think it can be a scary verse, but I think it's also an exciting verse. Look what it says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall, um, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The title of my message this morning is, We Shall Reap. Okay? Now you can take that as something exciting, you can also take that as something scary. Because we're going to reap. One way or the other, we are going to reap if we faint, we faint not. And, you know, one of the questions that often comes, though, okay, you know, the Bible says, you know, be not weary in well-doing, all right? Am I the only one that sometimes gets tired of doing good and tired of trying to do the right thing and just kind of, you, have you ever been there before where you're like, you know, hey, when am I gonna, when's the blessings going to start? You know, we read all these stories about blessings. We read all these stories about God doing these great works. It's like, when's the Lord going to you know, move with me? When's He going to do something in my life? And I'm here today to tell you that according to the Bible, you know, we're going to reap if we faint not. But then the question, you know, how long? You know, and it's like as a pastor, you're always supposed to have answers for everything, you know. And just sometimes we don't have answers. You know, people, they, they want to know, you know, when. You know, when am I going to reap? You know, when are the blessings going to come? What are the blessings going to be? You know, when is God going to answer my prayer? You know, how much longer do I have to wait? And I wish I could give people answers on those things. But unfortunately, it's not like exactly like in the farming world. Okay, you know, we're in farm country and there is the, you know, re- the planting season, the sowing season, and there's the reaping season. And we pretty much know when those times are going to be. But when it comes to the things that we do in our Christian life, when we're going to reap, we don't always know what it's going to be. It's not necessarily an annual thing. It's not something that we can kind of, you know, look at a calendar and know how much longer. So we sometimes have to wait a really long time, and it can be discouraging. But I'm telling, I can tell you from experience that while I've had many prayers answered in my life, and it's always amazing when God answers those prayers, I still have some prayers that I've been praying for praying a long time that have not been answered yet. I have not gotten everything that I've ever asked for yet. I don't believe I have, you know, reaped everything that I have sown yet. And in some cases that's good. In some cases that, you know, that's bad. I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'd like to do some reaping right now. But the, but the other thing I can tell you though, on good authority, I can tell you when it comes to what you've sown, you are going to reap if you faint not. That's what it says in Galatians. And everybody, every one of us in here, it's some, you know, in some way, shape or form, we're waiting for a harvest of some kind. And the harvest that many are waiting for, it comes when God says it's time to come. It's not, it's not going to come before that. And if, and if you, but if you want to have a harvest from God, okay, if you want to actually reap, there are a few things that you are going to have to do. Okay. I mean, let's just be honest. You know, who wants a harvest? You know, who wants a paycheck? Okay. We live in a generation where everybody wants a paycheck, but nobody wants to work for it. Right. You know, you got the millennials out there that think that the world just owes them stuff. But no, we all want the paycheck. We all want to reap. We all want to harvest. But you know, if we're going to have a harvest, if we're going to have a reaping, there's some things we have to do. And the first off, real simple, you have to sow. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. You have to actually be sowing something. It's amazing how many people today are sitting around just waiting for God to do something 
big in their life, waiting for God to send some kind of blessing. But the problem is they never actually do. They ne- they never actually do any sowing. And if you're not doing any sowing, you know you're just going to have to plan on waiting for quite a while. But it says in Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse six. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Y'all see that? How much you reap is going to be based on how much you sow. Well, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Well, how about if you sow nothing? You know what you're going to reap? You're going to reap nothing. And it's sad how many people today, they've got this attitude in life that I should just have, get all these wonderful things handed to me. God's going to give me all these blessings, but they don't do anything. They don't go to church. They don't read their Bibles. And they wonder why they're not getting better. They're not, they wonder why they're not being more spiritual. They want to see souls saved, but they never go soul winning. You know, it's amazing how many pastors are the same way. You've got pastors today whose churches are dying and it's like they want God's blessing, but they're not doing any sowing. They're not out there knocking on any doors. They're not out there trying to make a difference. They're not actually doing the things that God said to do. And they're wondering why they're not getting any blessings. And I've seen people like this before. They'll start these ministries and it's like they're just, they think they can just put an ad in the newspaper and people are just going to come flocking to their churches. They're going to come flocking to their ministry. Now, sometimes you've got to actually put some work in it. You've got to put some labor into it. And you know, it's not always fun. It's not always easy. But at the same time, if you want to actually reap something, you have to do some sowing. You've got to actually do the work. You cannot be like this generation that expect, expects a paycheck when they don't do anything. While that might work in America, it does not work with God. God is not going to give you His blessing when you're doing nothing. You have to actually do something. You have to actually you know, accomplish something. You have to actually put some effort into things. And it's, it's some of the, the biggest pain in the necks in churches are the ones who don't do anything. They come to church, they come walking into churches like ours, and they're just expecting all these things. You know, why don't you have this? Why don't you do that? You know, why don't you guys fix this in the building? Why don't you guys have, you know, and it's like, well, you know, those things aren't, they're not free. Yeah, I'd like to do, have all those things too. But you know what? You got to pay for them. And it's like they think, they think that we're just made out of money. You know, they think that because we're the house of God, we have access to all the treasures of God whenever we want to get them. Okay, but unfortunately, God doesn't just give us free money all the time. Sometimes God does bless us in big ways, but sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes God wants us to do some things. Sometimes he wants us to do some sowing. And it is, it's just aggravating what some people expect who contribute nothing except, you know, their commentary on everything that you do. It's like, you know what? Hey, fine. If if you want us to have that in this church, we'll get it. Write us a check. You know, write us a check. Y'all see that concrete we have out there in the parking lot? We didn't have the money for that. Somebody decided they wanted our church to have it and they were willing to pay for it. And you know what? They got it. You know, there was other things we probably would have spent the money on first. But, you know, if you guys if you guys want us to have, I don't know, you know, automatic doors that you don't have to open. that You can just walk in. All right? I'm thankful for our doors we have. You know, hey, pay for it. You know, but not those. We're not replacing those. We already got all those. But we can do it in the side entrance just for you. All right. If, you, if somebody wants to pay for an automatic door, you know, go ahead. We'll, we'll do it. But, you know, people do. They, that's the attitude they have today. And they're just they're wanting so much when they do absolutely nothing. And that's just not reality. And that's not how it is with God. 
And a lot of parents, they have, unfortunately, that's how they've raised their kids. They just gave them an entitled mentality. They expect something for nothing. But you know what? God's not going to do that with us. And we're going to, there's going to come times in our lives where we're dependent on Him. And if we're wanting to expect something from Him, if we're wanting to expect a harvest from Him, we need to have done some sowing. And it would be foolish for me, I've got three acres out at my house, it would be foolish for me this fall to go out walking through my yard and just looking for a harvest of corn or uh, you know, going into a garden where I haven't planted anything and to be expecting food to pop up. It, it's, just, it's not going to happen. And we've done some gardens before and we've, we've harvested a little bit. But we pretty much, when it comes to our gardens, we only harvest what's easy to grow. Stuff that takes a lot of effort. Um, you know, I mentioned the other day how we're not very good at taking care of animals. Uh, it's like that with anything that's living. You know, plants too. We don't do a good job with that. We, we're just we're, we're not farmers, I guess. But but you do. Part of the reason it takes a lot of work, and this is a lot easier to go to Walmart and buy your tomatoes than you know going and growing in your own own yard. But you you got you've got to do the work. You've got to do the sowing if you're going to actually do some reap if you're going to do some reaping and you know it it does and when, listen, when it comes to the christian life all right it does help and same thing with farming you know if you do everything right if you do everything by the book it'll help you'll have a better crop but you know the truth is if you do any sowing you're probably going to do some reaping and it helps in our christian life we want to do things by the book you know we want to try our best to do things right but you know what? Even if you don't know exactly what's right, if you just if you're doing your best, if you're just trying to do something, you'll at least do some reaping. But some people today they just do nothing. They do absolutely nothing, and they expect a harvest. I'm sorry, that's just not how it works. It doesn't even work that way in nature. So you're going to have to actually sow. You're actually going to have to sweat. Okay, remember what that verse said: "You shall reap if you faint not." Well, why would we faint? Well, because we're tired. Okay, look what it says in Genesis 3, verse 17. Well, I don't understand why stuff has to be hard. You know, I'm typical millennial. I grew up with life easy. Everything was handed to me. My parents stuffed whatever food down my throat I wanted. I played video games all day. Uh, you know, or I played, played video games all night, flunked out of school all day, never got punished for it. And now I'm in the real world. Now I'm on my own and I'm expecting a harvest. But I went to my job and my boss yelled at me, and so I quit. You know, I went to my job, and my feet got tired because I had to stand up all day. You know, it, you know what? Life isn't supposed to be easy. It's part of the curse. Genesis three verse seventeen. After Adam sinned, uh, and it said unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee. And thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground. For out of it thou wast taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt thou return. We see because Adam listened to his wife. That's what the Bible says. Always remember that, guys. That's another message for another day. Because he hearkened to the voice of his wife, God cursed the ground, and now he's got to labor. Now he's got to sweat. Now it's not just going to be a paradise anymore. He was in a paradise. He was in the Garden of Eden. The food was all there. I mean, it was, it was a piece of cake. But understand, after the curse, now it's not easy anymore. Now he's got to make, put some effort into it. Now if he wants to do some reaping with his sowing... Now listen, before the fall, he was still supposed to dress and keep it. There was work 
that he was supposed to do, but I, I personally think it was just a whole lot easier. But now because of the curse, things are difficult. There's gonna be, you're going to have to sweat. There's thorns. You know what that means? There's obstacles. There's things that are working against you. And it's amazing how many young men there are today that they can't even overcome the obstacle of just setting an alarm clock and getting out of their bed. You know, guys in their 20s, they got to have their mamas wake them up to get them to go to their job. It's sad. That is the reality of what we have today. Where I work out at the distribution center, we, you know, it's, it's a tough job physically. And we do, we get some of these millennial types in there that come walking in and, and you can just look at them at the way they come dressed to work. And it's like, they clearly have never worked a day in their life. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you can just see it. And these people, they, they just do not last. I think the record for how short it was one time, I remember when I did my orientation, they have these videos of things you watch and they're showing these videos showing the work that we were going to have to do. And they said, and I think it started at like seven o'clock or something like that when we started the orientation. And they said they had one guy that he quit by nine o'clock after he watched the videos and saw the work he was going to have to do. They took a break and he never came back. <laughs> he just, he, he disappeared, you know, and just, just watching people work freaked him out. And he, he couldn't handle it anymore. Probably, probably went back home to mommy and daddy. I, I had a friend that used to hire some of these people. And he talked to a young guy one time. The guy's in his 20s. He's living at home. And he's, it's clear he's there and doesn't want to be there. And finally, he just asked me, he's like, why are you here? Do you even want this job? And he's like, not really. He said, so, so why are you here? He's like, my dad made me apply here. Guy in his 20s. You know, and that is, that is our society today. That is our generation. And it's sad. And you know what? It's pretty bad when Christians start getting the same mentality. But we have the same mentality with things. It's like we think that we're going to get, we're going to accomplish things in our Christian life and we're not going to have to do some sweating. That we're not going to have to put some labor into some things. We're not going to have to do some work. This is a difficult day that we're living in. We are not going to build a church from just showing up. From just putting service times on a sign and putting or putting an ad in the paper and people are just going to come flocking to us. You ought to realize we're going to have to work. We're going to have to do some labor and it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know, and, and so, you know, I understand this type of thing. It might not be the sweat kind of labor so much, but it can be mentally exhausting sometimes just dealing with people. And just, you know, the unfaithfulness of people and just the fact that people do have such a lazy, entitled mentality that they think that we're just like another government program that has unlimited funds where we can just give people whatever they want. And they want to walk in here and they expect the world from us, but they want to do absolutely nothing. And you know what's sad is there are churches out there today that they do, man, they've got the sugar daddies in the church. They've got the people that are given the big bucks and they have this younger generation that's coming in, demanding all this entertainment and stuff. But you know what's sad, though, is the world, their entertainment's always going to be better than our entertainment. I'm going to be talking a little bit about entertainment tonight. But they're always going to have us beat. You know why? Because when it comes to the things of the flesh, you can only go so far in church. You know, even if you're a liberal Christian. But the world, there's no limits to how far they can go. And that's why we're seeing in so many churches today... And God bless our elderly people, but you know, it's, that's all that some churches have. Only the elderly. And there are churches today that are literally, literally dying. 
Not because they had a church split, but because their membership literally died out. I know of a church in this area that that happened. They pretty much, in one year, they lost almost all their church to death. And there was no mass you know, catastrophe or anything like that. Everybody just got old and died. They had no young people in the church. Why is that? Because that's the mentality. You've got young people. They want to come in. They want to contribute absolutely nothing. And then, even when they do come in, anything they do want to work on or do, it's all sowing to the flesh. Entertain me. Bring in the rock bands. You know, put on the shows. That, that's all it's about. And you need to understand that when it comes to accomplishing the real things for God, the things that are actually of God, it's going to take some work. Sowing good seed is difficult, while sowing bad seed is easy. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6. It says, Go to the ant house sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? And when wilt thou rise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. Y'all talk, we're supposed to be like the ant. We're supposed to work. Okay? And it, it's going to take effort. An ant doesn't have to have a guide, overseer, or ruler. They don't have to have somebody over them telling them what to do. They do what they're supposed to do. And you need to understand when it comes to sowing seeds that actually produce something good, notice how it says that ant, it provides, you know, in the summertime. It provides ahead of time. It prepares for the winter. It thinks ahead. It prepares for the future. And you want to know why most people today, most Christians give up? is because they all want that immediate harvest. You know, and the, the truth is, the things that are worth growing actually take some time and they take some care and they take some effort. For example, how, you know, how much effort do you have to put into growing weeds in your garden? None. You know how easy it is to grow weeds? All right, I'm an expert at that. We're all, good at, we're all good at growing weeds. But if it comes to growing good things, something that actually produces good fruit, that actually takes some work and that actually takes some effort and it takes time. And it sometimes takes a lot of time. And we've got a world today where people, they want to do some work and they want the returns to come in right then. Or they want it to come in tomorrow. They, they want it to come quick. And unfortunately though, you know, the bad seeds, they, do, they spring up quick. We see a lot of churches today that they'll get started and man, those churches, they take off real quick. They spring up real fast. Why? Because it's bad seed. What they're, produ- what they're teaching there, what they're pushing there is a bunch of garbage. It's of the flesh. But the problem with that, while those things often take off really fast, they die just as quick. And then what they produce is no good. I mean, it's just weeds. It's stuff that's it's vile. It's bad. And we need to understand... You know, doing good things, it's going to take time. It's going to take work. We're going to get tired. It says in Isaiah 40, 29, it says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so notice too, when it comes to fainting, the Bible talks a lot about fainting, okay? We actually faint, you know, in our spirits before we faint physically. Okay, do you all realize this whole fainting thing? You know, the Bible says we'll reap if we faint not. If we faint today, 
if we give up and we miss out on the harvest, it will be because we fainted in our minds, not because we fainted physically. So, you know, we act like, you know, we're dying serving the Lord sometimes. We act like it's just physically killing us doing the things that God has commanded us to do. But the truth is, it's, physically it's really not that hard, is it? But spiritually it, it can be difficult. And we faint in our minds before we faint in our bodies. And it's, it's very rare that people give up on God because they just physically fainted. No, we faint in our minds, we faint in our hearts first. But you know what? God will give power to the faint. Okay, Those who actually get to the point because they're weary, because they are tired, God will give those people strength. God gives us the strength, not when we're on vacation. God doesn't strengthen us from, you know, from the vacation that we take. He strengthens us when we're faint, when we're weary. He's trying to, he's trying, he's going to give us that power when we just determine we're going to keep on going and we're not going to give up. And it's, it's, it's no fun waiting, but we have to. You know, we, the truth is we're actually better off weak. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul's talking, he said, "...and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me." And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength, God's strength, is made perfect in weakness. Talking about our weakness. So Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Y'all see that? Paul's like, I'll glory in my infirmities because when I'm weak, that's when the power of God will actually be on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Notice what he says. And this is what I want you to, I want you to get this. Notice how he said, I take pleasure in infirmities. Okay? Paul's saying, you know, I'm, I'm glad when I'm weak. I'm glad when I'm beat down. I'm glad when I'm weary, when I'm wore out. Because you know what? That's when we actually do something that's supernatural. That's when we are actually capable of doing something that is of God when we're weak, when we're tired. He, com- he comes in and then He gives us power. Otherwise, we're just working on our own power. If we're working on our own power, we're not really going to accomplish that much. And so we've got to understand, you know, we're, we're going to be tempted to faint. Psalms chapter 27 and verse 13, he said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 107 verse 4 says, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them out of their distresses. Notice how they fainted in soul before they fainted in body. They got hungry Okay? And you can get to the point where you're so hungry that you faint. But notice with the children of Israel, they fainted spiritually before they fainted physically. They went and they provoked God to anger, not because they were fainting in the wilderness. They provoked God to anger just because they thought they were going to faint and they didn't trust in Him. And then they fainted in their soul before they actually fainted in their body. You think God was going to let them faint physically? No, God was going to take care of them. But you know what? God did let them get to a weak point. Because God, God wanted them to call on Him. And we've got to understand that there's going to be times 
where God, He wants us to be dependent on Him. Okay? And so a lot of times we'll do things in our own strength. We're thinking, this has got to work. This is going to make the difference. But if it's us in our own strength accomplishing just what we can accomplish, then we're not going to, we're not going to feel like we need God. God wants us to need Him. God wants us to be dependent on Him. And so God, sometimes He will let us get to very low points and weak points in our life because that's when we call on Him. And that's when we look and we know too, hey, this was His doing, not my own doing. But you have to wait. Psalm 37, 34. Then I think waiting is the worst part, to tell you the truth. You know, it, it's the waiting that stinks. It says, wait on the Lord, verse 34, and keep His way, and He shall exalt thee to inherit the land when the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in Him. See, God's our strength when we're in a time of trouble. And if we actually want to do great things, we need to understand that we are not capable of great things. We need God to do a work. Well, God does a work when we're weak. God does a work when we're in a time of trouble. But unfortunately, many times when that trouble comes, when we get weak, what do we do? We faint. We just give up. But that's, that's our opportunity. That's when God is actually about to do something. And I'm afraid too many times we do, we just faint. It's like we faint right before the finish line. And what a shame that is. And I think the key to this, I think the key to getting victory, we see when Paul said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. What was he talking about there? Well, look at Psalms, go back to Psalms 37. And let's look in verse 1. I want, to show, I want to read some verses to you here. Psalm 37, verse 1. I think this is the key. I think this is really all we can do. Because listen, waiting stinks. Suffering stinks. You know, I don't like pain. I don't like any of that stuff, okay? And I, personally, if I can't find a way to make something fun, I don't, I don't want to do it, alright? But I do want to do great things. And so that means I need to be weak. It means I need to wait in the Lord. But you know what? I'm going to do like Paul... I'm going to find a way to make it fun. He said, I, I take pleasure in infirmities. Look what it says in Psalm 37, verse 1. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. You know, I would rather bring forth my righteousness. I would rather let everybody know about those things. But you know what? Let God do it. Let God show. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger... And forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. 
but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I want you to notice all the promises that are in there. And notice what he's saying. You know, he's, don't fret because of evildoers. It's real easy to look at what the world's doing and what the compromisers are doing and say, man, their way is working better. But you know what? He's saying, you know, think about the end of this stuff. They're going to get theirs. They're going to be cut down. Those who wait on the Lord, the righteous, they're going to be the ones that are going to inherit the earth. And I believe the key to having these harvests like we want, I mean, having the big harvest, having that exciting harvest, the key to it is find a way to enjoy the wait. It, find a way to enjoy it. Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities. See, if God's going to keep His promises to us, you know, then why wouldn't God bless us? Look what it says in Revelation 22 and verse 12. Okay? Now, we all believe that Jesus Christ is coming back, right? We believe that Jesus Christ is going to return one of these days. Well, you all realize that there's many promises that come with this return, but there's one specific we're going to look at. He's promised some great things with His return. You know, not only is he coming, Jesus coming back, but he's bringing some stuff with him. Look what it says in Revelation 22 and verse 12. He says, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Y'all see that when Jesus comes back, he's coming with rewards according to our works. So we believe he's coming back. That's supposed to be exciting, right? Part of what makes it exciting is is that he said he's bringing us rewards according to our work. Well, wouldn't that mean then, if he does not come through, it'd be a big letdown when he came back. I remember when I was a kid, sometimes when dad would go away, he'd say, when I come back, I'm going to be bringing you guys a present or something. And I was always excited to see dad, but I was always excited to get the present too. And if he wouldn't have come back with something, it would have been kind of disappointing. Now, does anybody think Jesus Christ is going to make his big entrance in the rapture and disappoint us? No, he promised that we're going to be rewarded. On Wednesday, we were looking at Hebrews chapter 11, and it talked about all those who died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off. We see many people in the Bible, they they didn't get their promises while they were on earth, or they didn't have their harvest while they were on earth. Now, I can promise you, none of those people are disappointed about that. None of those people are going to be disappointed. And so here's the way we need to look at it. When it comes to us getting weary and being tempted to faint and waiting for the harvest, y'all realize the longer we have to wait, the better the harvest is going to be. You know what? Let yourself get more excited. When things are difficult, just get fired up about the rewards you're going to get. When the persecution comes, the Bible says, leap for joy. Just go ahead and do it. So, man, I'm getting persecuted. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting hammered right now. But you know what? This must mean I've got some great reaping coming my way. I've got, you know, I, I so we all hate our jobs. We all hate working the overtime. But you know, as much as we hate putting in those extra hours, you're always glad you did it when you get the paycheck, aren't you? All right. While working overtime isn't always fun, it's always nice though when you finally get the paycheck. And do you understand? That the work that we do as Christians, the more difficult it is, the more tired we are, the more weary we are, and the more faith that we have to practice, the greater our reward is going to be. 
the greater our reaping is going to be. And you know what? Many times Christians, we do, we get this attitude, you know, I expect God to do things this way. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this work and I expect to have my harvest at this time and I expect the harvest to be this or I expect the harvest to be that. That's what, that's the way we think. But then what happens, we don't get our harvest right then. And then what do we do? We end up fainting. Well, you know, how about instead of fainting, when we don't get what we were expecting, when we don't get what we were really wanting, that should cause us to say, wow, something better must be coming. You know, and honestly, you know, we don't we don't know. We might not get some of these things until we get to heaven. But in the, the more weary you are, the more beat up you are, the more excited that you ought to be and to say, you know, what, I'm just not going to faint. You know, and the more tired you are, let that get you just even more fired up that God is going to. I mean, I've got obviously got a harvest coming. But you got some people today that sit around, you know, I've done this, I've done that, and I've never reaped anything. I've never had any great harvest. You know, I gave my tithe one time and I didn't get win the lottery the next week. You know, they're, they're, they're all expecting me to But listen, if you really do, if you're really doing the work, if you're really doing the sowing, God promised that you will reap if you faint not. And so if you feel like fainting, if you're tired, just let that get you more excited. This is just say, this is, boy, this is really going to be a good paycheck. This is really going to be nice. Boy, that payday is coming and it's something that I can be excited about. And you know, because honestly, this is our chance to be a hero. Look at look what it says in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirteen. After it's naming all these people, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. These people, we call that chapter the Hall of Faith. These people are remembered for their faith. You know why? Because they went through difficult things. They waited a long time. And some of these people never got those promises on earth, but they're going to get them in heaven. And you know what? This is our, this is our chance to be a hero. If you're suffering right now for Christ, great. This is your chance to be a hero. Just don't faint. Don't give up. Don't quit. You know, we've all seen the shows before. We've all seen the movies where that athlete, you know, he was training. He wanted to be, he wanted to be a professional or he wanted to go to the Olympics or something. We've all, you know, they've made a thousand movies about that stuff. And just imagine if you're that guy. All right, you know, you finally make it to the Olympics. And you find, I mean, you've trained, you've worked, and you do, and you get out there and you're on the starting line, you're going to run that race, and you go, and you, all of a sudden they fire that gun to take off running, and you faint. You went through all that, and then you just... You got overwhelmed with excitement and you fainted. You know how embarrassing that would be? They're not going to give you another chance. They're not. You lost. You faint. You know, that, that would be embarrassing if you went through all that only to faint. And the truth is, many people today, they're doing all that. They're doing all these works. They're trying everything they can, but they faint. They get right up to the point where, all right, this is the big day. Your time has come, but they faint. They give up. We cannot do that. This is our chance to be a hero. I, I, I'd hate to be remembered as the athlete who got his big chance to perform and then fainted. And so if, you, if, you, if you're faced in, with a difficult situation, man, leap for joy. Alright, this is my chance. If I, if I don't faint, God will help us get victory in those situations. All we have to do is not faint. That's it. Just don't faint and you'll reap. And so then lastly, real quick, just by the way, reaping 
is also work. Okay? Sometimes when God blesses us, okay, reaping is work. Those farmers, they go they go grow all that corn. You know, they can celebrate that all they want, but you know what? They got to go out and they got to harvest it, don't they? And you know what? When God blesses many, many times on this earth, that reaping also requires work. It, we, we, it requires labor too. I'm sorry. I'm go, I got back to the working thing again. And I know this is America and we're lazy, but we harvesting is a work. It is work. And so we, need, we just need to understand that. But faithfulness, it's not something that we just try for a while. It's something that we do for a lifetime. It's something we do until we're dead. And God often greatly rewards people on earth while they're living for their faith. But sometimes He doesn't reward them until they get to heaven. So we just you got to determine right now that I'm just going to keep doing what I'm supposed to be doing from here on out. Whether if you see God do something, if you have a reaping today or tomorrow, you know, or if you if you don't, say so, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to keep doing this until I am dead. And I could care less if I have a harvest here on earth, because if I don't have a harvest here on earth, it just means I've got a better one coming when I'm in heaven. God might be able to be on earth, but He might not. Either way, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm pretty sure if we do that, we'll still see great things. We'll have great harvest here on this earth. But either way, just keep pressing on. Don't give up. So, With that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your goodness to us. We thank You for Your Word. God, I pray You'll help us, Lord, to not to faint, Lord. I, I pray that there's one here right now that's weak and they're weary and want to give up. Lord, let, let them realize this is their opportunity to to be a hero, to make a difference. And I pray that You'll help them to be victorious and, and to have faith. And Lord, uh, we're looking forward to that great harvest that's going to come uh, at Your return. And I pray in the meantime, Lord, You'll help us to do some sowing. I pray You'll help us to do the work, uh, expecting great things. In Your name we pray. Amen.